confess I've had sex with over 300 men and I'm no longer ashamed of it and I'm a woman. Don't be ashamed. No shame allowed here. Check your shame at the door. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. It's 8 p.m. on a Friday. And I'm sitting on a tiny-ass couch in the apartment of a man that OkCupid swears is a 95% match for me. I have plucked every hair off my body. I've taken a bath, and I've actually combed my hair. And I've driven to what was essentially South Waco with the hopes of getting some dick. So now, right off the bat, there are a couple of things that are wrong. One he doesn't look anything like his picture. Still cute, but I was like, is that your friend? Or like, I thought he was a roommate when he answered the door. Two, he lied about his age. Yeah, shit was whack. Uh, Three, he lied about having a cat, even after I specifically told him I was allergic. Now, as a side note, I don't know how many of you guys have cats. I don't, I hate them. Those fuckers don't give a shit when you try to get away from them. So I'm moving this way and he's moving that way. And I'm moving this way and he's moving that way. When I decide to just give up and stand, he just circles my leg and gets fucking cat hair on my leggings. Anyway, feeling the impending swollen eyes and itchy throat coming, I ask him if he's ready to head to dinner. He mumbles something about ordering in before he grabs me by my waist and shoves his tongue in my mouth. Now, any other time, you know me, I'd be down. But Mr. Wiggles' dander was making its way all up in my throat and my nose. And now I couldn't breathe. So as I was struggling to get away and gasping for air, he pulls away, pissy, to ask me what's wrong, and I sneeze into his mouth. Not on his mouth, into his mouth. Snot, spit, everything, all of it. And while this may be forgivable and maybe even cute in a relationship, it turns out it puts quite the damper on a sexual rendezvous with a stranger. So on the ride home, I replaying the moment over and over again in my head, asking myself the important questions. Why didn't I turn my head? Why didn't I cover my mouth? Why did I insist on wiping his face with his own shirt? Regardless, two things were very, very clear. I was never going to hear from him again. And I was definitely shutting down that stupid fucking OkCupid profile. But then it hit me. This was the end of yet another sexless month. So an hour later, I found myself uploading new pictures to my Plenty of Fish account because I fucking refused to go through September to make it to the end of September without a penis in my mouth. 
So let me back up. Let me back up. It's been 18 months since I've had sex. Oh, yeah. Give, give it the gravity it deserves. Yeah. Sink, let it sink in. That is 547 days. That is 13,148 hours. I am scared to ask Google how many seconds or minutes it is, lest I'd slice my wrist open. Bottom line is, mama is in a drought. And, and, it, and you know, it's not on purpose. I'm not soul searching. I'm not trying to work on myself. I'm not uh, taking a break. I just can't seem to find any dick. And, you know, before you say that shit that your friends say, the obligatory shit like, what? That's crazy. True. It is. Or women can always get laid. Not true. Or, but you're so cute. True. <laughs> or my personal favorite, have you really put yourself out there? To which I respond angrily with my tired of your shit black woman face. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it is this. Yeah, you've seen it. You've seen it from a black woman that has just had just about enough of your shit. Just about enough. Moving on. So according to some smart science person on the internet, regular sex has legitimate health benefits. It boosts your immune system. It lowers your blood pressure. It helps you sleep. It helps bladder control in women. It lowers the risk of heart attacks. It helps babies and saves unicorns. There's all kinds of shit listed as positive benefits for sex. So basically what that means is if you're not having sex, you're fucking up your health. It's on the internet, so that means it's true. This is serious business. So as a way to help all of you, I'm going to share with you a small list of things that are happening to me now that sex is not a regular part of my life. This is a cautionary tale of drought. Okay. The first and most important thing to note is the thirst. Now, for those of you that don't, they're not clear on what the thirst is, the thirst is a newfangled way of saying desperation. It fits. It's perfect. The thirst is very fucking real. I first became aware of it around month four. I started noticing men that I wouldn't have normally. Now, as a whole, I'm pretty open when it comes to men, but I definitely have a type that I'm attracted to. Typically, he's either one of these things. He's either a silver fox with a great smile. Oh, fucking silver foxes. A large black bald man with a great smile. A nerdy bearded white boy with a great smile. Or any ginger. I mean it. There is something about a man with red hair. All those cute fucking freckles. And if he's got a red beard, fucking forget it. My panties are off before he even talks to me. Anyways, my point is that I have a type typically. So when the thirst first hit me, I started noticing not just men that I wouldn't normally notice, but all men. Every man that came anywhere near me was a possible bedmate. If he was moderately attractive, I can make it work. And my definition of moderately attractive uh, changed depending on how hard up I was. On any particular day, whatever. It was insane. So I had this five-point check system, right? Upon seeing any man within seconds, 
I would do this. One, wedding ring. No, wedding, no ring? Check. Awesome. Two, teeth. Do they look clean? Check. Great. Three, eyes. Does he look like he'll chop me up into pieces? No? Awesome. Check. Four, in case I'm wrong about number three, can I take him in a fight? Or... Yeah. I mean, it's important. Or can I hurt him enough to slow him down? Or if I just go dead weight, can he navigate my fat and move me around? Number five, are his hands creepy? And by creepy, I mean overly dainty and small or sausage-like or dirty Or do they look like big giant hands? Or are they weird color? You know, creepy. Like, whatever. Everybody is shallow about something. I'm shallow about hands. Like, I I just, I don't want your hands on me if they look like you've been outside punching brick walls. Or if it looks like you've never worked a day in your life and they're smoother than mine. That shit is gross. I'm not sorry and I don't give a fuck. I don't like it. So anyways, five-point check system. If all points were good, I'm going in. During the thirst, I shamelessly flirted with every man. 19-year-old dude at Chipotle? Yes. Nice 60-year-old man from Sri Lanka that works at my car wash by my house? Yes. Bartenders. Cops. Dudes on skateboards. Surly doormen. Old rich men. Co-workers. Random niggas on the street. I didn't care. Even though there was a voice in my head the whole time, like, bitch, you being real thirsty. I couldn't stop. It was thirst. What do you want me to do? Secondly, the drought fucks with your self-esteem. Now, don't get sad, because this is fucked up. Before you feel sorry for me, you got to hear how fucking ridiculous I am. So it's month 12, and I'm getting ready to go dancing. And normally, dancing is my cure-all. Right? It's the thing that cures everything for me. This night, I can't find shit to wear. My hair has been an asshole. <laughs> After no less than seven changes of clothes and my sister threatening to beat me down, I settle on an outfit that I love. It fits tight on my ass. It shows off my tits. It makes me feel powerful. And I'm feeling good, right? Until I step into the party. All of a sudden, everything I have on is wrong. And this voice in my head it's like, this is why you can't get laid. Why did you wear this? Why are you putting on pink and purple at the same time? Like, what are you doing, bitch? This is why you don't have any dick. As I'm fleeing the party, lest someone see my Quasimodo-ness. Yeah, this cute-ass boy. Quasimodo. That's how it feels sometimes. I feel like I have a hump. That's perfect. Um, This cute-ass boy stops me and compliments my hair. I smile shyly and say thank you and try to keep walking, but then he asks me if I want a drink. So I begrudgingly say okay, and I follow him to the bar. Turns out he's delightful. He's interesting. He's funny, like self-deprecating. He's just really fucking great. An hour in, we're outside on the patio chatting, and he invites me to his house. Now, instead of being excited, because remember, it's been a year at this point. No dick. A year. You would think that I would be grateful and be excited. I get anxious. But I still go. So we're at his house. Ten minutes, he starts kissing me. Backs me into a door, pins my arm up, kisses my ears, kisses my neck, biting my lip, pulling my hair. 
Y'all know I love that shit. He's doing everything right until he goes to put his hand up my shirt. And all of a sudden, here comes that fucking self-doubt again. You haven't shaved. You have on an ugly bra. You haven't painted your toenails. Bitch, these panties have a hole in them. You have that weird bump on your left tit. Obviously, you're all thinking what I should have been thinking. Who gives a shit? Rational Nikki knows that men don't give a fuck about that. Rational Nikki knows that if a man is kissing you on his couch at 1.30 in the morning, he doesn't give a fuck that you haven't shaved your vag in two weeks. It's true. Rational Nikki knows that when he is looking down on the top of your head while you're giving one of your signature blowjobs, he's not going to care that your hair isn't combed. Rational Nikki knows this, but drought, thirsty, sexless Nikki genuinely was fearing that the thing that would ruin this moment and the chance to break my year-long drought was the fact that I had leg stubble and a pimple on my tit. So, in the middle of this hot makeout session with a tattooed cutie, I abruptly stop and say I have to go. Yeah, yeah. When he asks why, it gets worse. And this is not a joke. This is not a joke. When he asks why, the only thing I can think of to say is, because I got to take a shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I refused possible sex with a cutie because drought had fucked up my self-esteem. So fucked it up so much that I used poo as an excuse to get out. Yeah. Thirdly, thirdly is what I affectionately have started calling the cloud. The cloud is confusion. When you start completely, you start to completely depart from what you know you like and crave and love. It's when you've reached the point that all bets are off and you officially have no fucks to give. All of a sudden, you start to think, hmm, that homeless man that asked to stick his finger in my butt the other day, he actually had really nice arms. I wonder what those dirty arms would look like holding my legs behind my head. The gross student work that spits when he talks. It's like, hmm, I wonder what else he can do with that tongue. The crass little fucker outside of your favorite convenience store that you once had to call the cops on now seems like a misunderstood young man that just needs a little TLC. Maybe in the form of a nice blowjob in the backseat of your car, followed by him fingering you while you smoked a joint. I don't know. Yeah, thugs need love too. Probably the worst, most embarrassing, but my favorite cloud situation was the two weeks I decided that I liked pussy. And I was bisexual. I convinced myself that I could totally be into women. So I met a lovely woman on Tinder who I confidently told that I've been with women before and I wasn't a pro, but uh, I can show her a good time. After a few days of flirting, we met in my favorite bar, and she's beautiful. Wild curly hair, intense brown eyes, about six foot tall, cutest smirk I've ever seen. She's smart, and she's funny, and she's sarcastic, and she smells like amber musk and sweat because she rides a bike all the time. Like, 
she's just hot. So we laugh over drinks, and the entire time I'm thinking to myself, yes, I could wake up to this face after a night of fun. Absolutely. Not even fucking considering that I don't particularly like pussy. I've dabbled in it several times. I know better. But the cloud had me all confused because I had no dick in fucking 12 months. She was hot and funny and affectionate, so I invited her back to my house. Now, that night, we didn't do anything but cuddle. But that morning, I woke up to these small kisses on my shoulders and my face and my lips. And each one felt like this antidote, you know what I mean, to like some sort of poison that had been eating away at me. She tasted like peppermint. And she smiled at me right before she kissed me each time. Every part of my body was waking up, and I was completely ready to dive in. Head first, literally, literally. <laughs> By the time her fingers were inside of me, I was already mentally scrolling my calendar to see when we could do this shit again. <laughs> now, as a side note, I don't care how old I get, I will always love being fingered. Always. <laughs> always. I can't think of anything that I enjoy more than having someone finger me to orgasm. So imagine how happy I was when I almost, that almost forgotten feeling started kind of welling up. Plus, she was a fucking pro. Now, this is going to sound super naive, and I recognize that, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> but this is not, no man in my life has ever fingered me that way. Ever. In, in, my, in my entire life, ever. So it has to be a lesbian thing. And, and, <laughs> And this is not the first time I have heard about the phenomenon of lesbians being stellar fingersmiths. So I don't know if you bitches are having secret meetings to teach each other techniques or if it's some sort of fucking lesbian magic or if maybe just me and the women I know are lucky, but y'all ain't fucking around. And before you say it's because they're women and they know how the body works, that is not it. There's some fucking sorcery happening. But whatever. I digress. As I found myself writhing around after an exquisite orgasm, I decided I was going to not only return the favor, but up the ante. Now, don't ask me what I thought I was going to accomplish by going down on a woman when I knew good and goddamn well, one... I technically never done it. Two, I wasn't really into it, but the cloud. I had just gotten a wonderful orgasm, and God damn it, I wanted to treat her. So, as I made my way down, licking her nipples, kissing her stomach and pelvis, it dawns on me that I'm not as excited as minutes before. The head's been it worn off, the veil had lifted, and all of a sudden, I was real fucking uncomfortable. Now, instead of being an adult and telling the truth, I went all in. I decided the best way to start going down on this beautiful Amazon woman was to take two fingers, put them in my mouth, and then gently rub around her clit, which was really just me barely touching her and shaking my hand side to side.
<laughs> and then I did something that I just don't understand what possessed me to think it was okay, but I smacked it. And not sexily, but like how you smack a dog on his nose. Yeah, like that. And if that wasn't bad enough, I decided the next natural step was to lick her. And not sweetly on her clit, but like lapping like a dog. Or like I'm licking an ice cream cone, just like. over with no rhyme or reason to it just only to stop every now and then and open her lips and go all I could liken it to is like licking your plate clean like it's it, it was fucking awful it was awful I knew I was doing a terrible job, but I felt like now I started, I had to finish. And that's about the time the tears started. Oh yeah, cause my life is awesome. So now I've got my face in between this woman's legs and I am actively crying. It's like, it's like a bad porno. So I, I lifted up just a bit and I realized that she had set up at this point and was watching me. I look up at her, and all she could say was, oh, honey. Before she bursted into laughing for what seemed like 15 minutes. Now, while I sat there with tears, smeared mascara, and pubic hair on my face. Now, she was super nice about everything. She told me it was okay. She said she kind of had an idea that I was straight. She was gracious. She was kind. She asked if I wanted to have a drink later. No. I was like, yeah, hit me up in a few days. As I dropped her off to her car, one thing was very clear. I was never going to see her ass again. Now, I would love to be able to say that the drought has taught me a valuable lesson. I would love to say that crying in a stranger's vagina has made me learn some lessons about myself. Um, but truthfully, it hasn't taught me shit. Uh, it just makes me realize that I will use every resource available to me, embarrass myself, test my morals, and lower my standards in order to get some dick. But if I'm being honest with myself, I already fucking knew that. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I went camping the other weekend and shot a Roman candle out of my ass. <laughs> now... A little bit dangerous, but kind of awesome. I confess, I'm in love with my ex-girlfriend's twin sister. And I don't know how to tell her. I don't either, but if anyone knows, 
We should start some sort of forum online. Uh, I confess I went to a swingers club on a fourth date and I got a standing ovation. Was it because you shot a Roman candle?